Hey, this is Corey Glover from Living Color, and right now you're listening to the podcast Middle Aged Metalheads. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to another episode of The Middle Aged Metalheads. I am Michael Stamps in Sellersville, Pennsylvania, joined as always by John Harden down in Austin, Texas, and David Timoney eating a lot of gummy bears there in Philly. Hello. Colin Bosler, straight out of Whitehall, Pennsylvania, is probably going to pop in in a little bit uh, because he is going to like get really bone hard off of tonight's episode, which is devoted to. He's coming straight from uh, coming straight from the party, from the, the Rob Halford birthday. Party. Yeah, it's oh, coming yeah. from Rob Halford's seventy-first birthday party. Happy birthday, Rob Halford! Seventy-one years young, metal god. It's also and Gene Simmons' birthday. Oh, they have the same birth. What it's also Vivian Campbell's birthday. Dude, how come Gene Simmons doesn't metal keep day. his? He should keep his hair when he's not on stage the way it is on stage. Uh, yeah, that's a wig, David. So he yeah. can wear a wig all the time. It looks or, great on stage. But but his, yeah. his actual like walk around hair is just like really dumb. It looks like felt. It, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it looks like actually there was like a mama squirrel who uh, extricated her like uh, baby squirrels from the tree out here, and something fell out, and it looked like some sort of like pubic hair kind of combination thing. He looks or, like he looks like SCTV era Eugene Levy. Where are we going with this? Uh, uh, we can metal. <laughs> but the weekend metal. Actually, the episode is devoted to a listening party to the great album by Pantera, known as "Vulgar of Display of Power." And yeah. we're gonna we're going. That's, to that's take... when Colin's gonna appear. He, it's like when an angel gets their wings. Like if you play Pantera, Colin hey. suddenly appear. Like or, or maybe it's like a Beetlejuice thing. If yeah. I say it like three times, like oh oh. No. There he is, and his big white Santa beard is going to show up, and it's like, okay, and we're not going to totally shit all over this. But to give the metal lord time, why don't we do the weekend metal? Mine's brief. Um, I just heard about this. Actually, I was I was thinking about talking about something else, and then I, my computer died, and I lost the page I was on. But uh, Stuart Ansis, the guitar player from Cradle of Filth, dies at age forty-eight. Oof! What the hell, dude. Of what? Uh, of did they what? say? Well, like, yeah, there's happened? no there's no details yet. There's no details. He died actually on the twenty-first. Um, but just left, uh, you know, uh, his wife left a note on the on his Facebook page. Rest in peace. Um, some of the guys from the band were like, "Hey, it's been a, a pleasure playing your music, kind of thing." But, uh, but man, like, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll have to follow up on this and see what the cause was. I mean, you just <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Young, right. 
Yeah, like 40. I mean, I'm 50. You know, and I'm the youngest in the group, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you hear about that stuff and you don't think it hits kind of close to home, but you're like, geez, like people are dying at 50, got married, you know, got a career, got a life, got a family. Yeah. Colin's sucks, 63, dude. Mike and I are 51, <laughs> and you're 50. <laughs> well, yeah, no, and again, like, when Taylor Hawkins passed at 49, you're, like, going, like, damn. But, like, obviously that wasn't, like, necessarily a natural cause of this. It was, yeah. It, it, yeah, again, like, you see, like, some of these old rockers, again, talking about Rob Halford at 71. It's like, dude, must be, like, he must be juicing. He must be, like, definitely, like, I mean, like, have like a blender that like turns everything into juice. Yeah, and, I don't like, know if he's juicing. He's he, he's he's using a cane most of the time on on stage. <laughs> yeah, now. Well, like, he's, uh, you he's, know. he's seventy-one. Well, he uses a well, cane. Gene, but he, Gene's seventy, what, seventy-three or seventy-four, and he's in platform boots, dressed like a bat. I mean, like, honestly, he should, like, forget yeah. the hair, dude. He should leave the makeup and the armor on all the time. All the time. All the yeah. time. Just, just yeah. Go to the grocery store. Yeah, just like that. You're in Coldwater Canyon. You're like, I got to make a run over to Ralph's, and there he is, in the cheese <laughs> aisle. Yeah, yeah. And the, TSA, fuck you. <laughs> I walk through. Yeah. Now we're gonna have to like ask you to take off the armor, Mister Sib. It's like, just stopping in long enough to pick up. No some one asked that. Colby no. Jack. All right. Well, so we'll keep our eye on the Cradle of Phil story. Yeah, John, what you what you got for Week in Metal? My story this week is oh, yeah. the second part of the stadium tour. So, uh, as the, as my fellow compatriots saw it, what a month ago, a little more. It seems um, like it was more than a month ago. Yeah, like it finally weeks. made its way into Texas, and I saw it in San Antonio on Sunday. Uh, I think my review is a lot along the lines of, of what you guys had previously said. Like, Joan Jett, I think, was a good opener. She's she's very entertaining uh, to watch. Sounded great. Good set list. But a mismatch to me. She yeah. just doesn't belong on the bill. Like, I, I think she's a very good artist. And on a different package, if you were doing like a maybe a bit more new wave or, or a bit more punk, she might have made more sense, but I, I don't know. I She didn't fit for me with I, the I other bands. I don't think any, really it's anybody's buying tickets for that show going like, damn, I got to go see Joan Jett. No, 100%. She's just value at it, but she was good. Yeah. But she, um, she's, 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 all of her songs are instantly recognizable and fun. Yeah. She's got a good band with her. Uh, Poison was next. And to me, Poison was the star of the show. Uh you know, whereas, whereas, and I'll get to, to their faults in a bit, but like Def Leppard and, and Motley Crue have some chinks in the armor. To me, Poison does not. Like, Brett Michaels sounds great. He looks great. He's he's a really great frontman. Always has, but like, he can just work a crowd. CC DeVille is playing his ass off better than I've ever heard him play. He sounds like, really good. He sounds great. And like, and was just moving around interacting with brett i will say bobby doll looks very uncool on the 22 uh tour like he's just he's got the long hair but he's got like a backwards baseball cap on and like big glasses i, I he's just not his look is not bearing so well ricky rocket was great <laughs> and actually on my way home i know it was them like i think the next 
tour stop was Dallas. And so the bands, when they pulled out of San Antonio, hopped on the freeway to head up to Dallas. And on my way back to Austin, I'm fairly sure that I passed Poison uh, because I passed <laughs> four, four tour buses all in a row. And the last tour bus was towing a trailer behind it with Ricky Rocket like racing on the back of the, uh, uh, there you uh, go. Of, of the trailer. So, <laughs> so, like, so what's well, Ricky doing like on the sidelines? He's just sort of like going out and racing? I, I mean, I guess. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I don't know what he had in there, but it was like decked out like a NASCAR trailer with a big Ricky Rocket skull on there. Anyway, Poison was awesome. And uh, if you can see them, you should. Def Leppard was next on my tour, uh, or on my show, rather. Um, Def Leppard, I think, is kind of, a, a, at this day and age, is kind of the equivalent of, like, McDonald's. Like, it tastes pretty good. Every time you see them, it's going to taste exactly the same. It's just, it's it's a very proficient show. It's a little boring, but it fills you up. Like, the set list is, is good. I... I, I can't get past how sort of altered Joe's vocals are. Like, just because <laughs> I know, you know, Mike and I saw saw Def Leppard probably uh, 10 like, years ago, something like that. 10 years ago, for, for Roger's birth. Yeah, birth and Vegas. he wasn't sounding great at that show. Magically, he sounded better this week than he did 10 years ago. It's, it's just it, the pro tools that they're working on him are a little much. Um, Which I say, thank you, thank you. Like, please, at least, yeah, just I, that. That's that's true because the alternative is Motley Crue, or it's and, cringe. Uh, <laughs> it's just totally cringe. You're just like, God yeah, damn it, Mo- Motley headlined my show, and uh, and I know Colin had said that he wished Motley had headlined the Pennsylvania show because it was sort of a progression in in styles of music leading up to the hardest act being, you know, the top act. That's what it was for mine. I just wasn't into it that much. I, I, I was excited to see them, but they're a very, very disjointed band at the moment. Like Tommy and Nikki, I think are still pretty great. Tom, Tommy was giving it his all, and Nikki looked like he was having a good time and like happy to be up there. Vince, I will say, was was actually trying, doing his best, working <laughs> the stage, working the crowd. He doesn't sound that great. He looks like a disaster. But I mean, at least he's better than he has been, I think. Like, you know, we've laughed about all those YouTube videos we've seen of the Vince Neil band where he's just, you know, yabba dabba his way. Yeah, and like falling off the stage and shit like that. It wasn't like that. But it also just wasn't that great. Like, it's... I think they, you know, they should have taken more time as a band, I think to rehearse and to get better back into it. They had two years of of delays on this tour. They could have worked a little harder as a unit. Mick Mars sounded fine, but man, visually, uh, he just does nothing. Like I, it's, I know he can barely walk and like, it, it is kind of amazing that he's even out on the road on a tour this long. And from what I read, this tour is going to Europe afterwards. So it's like, it's not over. Oh, and but I mean, he is just a shell of, of a human at this point. It's like they put a guitar on him and he just sort of like moves around in a circle, like in, in a three foot radius. And one one annoying thing. And I was talking to my friend who, who, you know, works in touring. They have a camera guy on stage, you know, getting close ups for the for the big screens. 
Yeah. This fucking guy was in front of Nick Mars. I'd say 90% of the show. He just wouldn't get out. Like he, it was like Nick Mars had him on a leash or something like that. (laughs) He was just next to him the entire time. And I I get that you've got to give the cheap seats a show, but at the same time, if you're paying to see Motley Crue, I'm not paying for the other guy on stage the entire time. Get in the pit, figure it out. Like every other band does. Like, you know what I mean? They don't need someone on stage in the way. They've already got three strippers running around the entire time. It's like Ringling Brothers. Like, it's too much. Like, I I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I don't, they're, you know, they're, they're trumpeting on some sort of like news break about the future is ours or some shit. Like, I don't know. Oh. It just was, it was ill-conceived. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> no. it, again, like it, it, again, it's a really cynical cash grab. And again, like, you know, so many props to like Mick Mars for like coming out. For doing it. And like I said, yeah. Tommy, Tommy and Nikki were good. Tommy yeah. was really good. Like I was watching him most of the show, honestly, just because he he's entertaining to watch in general. And For Vince sure. is not. And so, you know, <laughs> I was just sort of focusing on them. Uh, Def Leppard, if you've seen Def Leppard in the past 10 years, you've seen exactly what they're doing on the on the yeah. stadium tour. Which, it's like the same which, show, same videos, same everything. They're, yeah. they're, 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 Vince they're, Neil looks like those those videos that circulate of like panda bears falling down ladders. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least that gets shared. Right. But like, again, like, so the, there was no titty cam down in your show? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like half the half the time. Know, like, like if the cameraman wasn't on Mick Mars, he was just know, on the strippers like, on stage. It, it, like, Tommy was definitely <laughs> encouraging the girls like show off their tits and like, wearing no, clothes. He, he wasn't really doing that. Tommy, more or less. Yeah. Does he ever? Yeah, like, like I, basically like a like a like a drum like a person song or something. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. Uh, anyway, it was fine. You know, I'm glad I went. I, I wasn't disappointed in the show. It was pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, with the highlight like being poison. Yeah. And again, like with, with the two years wait for this, it's sort of like, I'm just so happy at least this happened. Yeah. And, I, but, but you're whelmed, not, not overwhelmed. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it was fine. Like if I think yeah. if the three main bands, if they came back around, I would skip Motley. I would skip Def Leppard next time around. If Poison came back, yeah, no, I'd see it, them. again, like I, I would go and see Poison again. Yeah. but I would not see the other two bands. Poison's uh, doing some stuff. headlining one-offs. I looked the night yeah, before the, they yeah. played my stadium tour. They played in Tulsa, and yeah. they headlined with Tom Kiefer and LA Guns. That's yeah, a that's great because, like. Fuck yeah! Because that, that means like those dudes like still have juice and also. <laughs> play yeah, their they, instruments they, 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 and they, actually they go sing. in and cash in yeah uh, I, uh, what, I will what, say what, phil collin was awesome phil collin was like oh, to, to oh, me oh, the oh, highlight oh. of def leopard phil and viv are great though yeah Vivian they, was they great, were killing right? it and you could yeah. tell those guys aren't aren't canned like i was i was in the fourth row so i was like not very far away from phil collin yeah. the entire show and and he's full-on playing it like he was I bet he smells nice and yeah <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm sure he totally does. But like, uh, so like, two things for John before we we move on to our next uh, week in metal uh, highlight was uh, okay. So mm, we were like uh, hanging off like stage left, Scooby, or that's like Yogi Bear, and uh, and uh, welcome to the jungle comes on the PA. Yes, and like 
all the sort of like old, like hanky, uh, previous, I guess, at some point, skinky teenagers are going like, it's starting, poison starting, <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, that was Yeah, funny. it is weird that, that, that poison like, plays uh, Welcome to the Jungle in its entirety before they no, come no, no, on the, stage. But that was, that was the thing, it's like going like, don't you know that they don't know this band or, no. it, mom it, plays it, the channel in the car on Sirius and they, it's just all the same <laughs> and also and also weirdly so like uh, John so like when you saw Poison did CC perform some kind of solo he, he did indeed and, and, and yet my hand was empty from a full drink to let him <laughs> rem- <laughs> remember the 80s uh, yeah, I don't know why CC persists in doing Eruption as part of his solo. Like, I, I would imagine it's because he's not as good a guitarist to come up with something interesting as a solo. <laughs> uh, I, but I mean, at the same time, fucking Slash has been doing the Godfather theme for 35 years. So, it's like, <laughs> I, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just don't do a solo. Play another Poison song. Herein lies the story. I know breath needs oxygen, but... But yeah, so like uh, 2022, where we are right now, so C.C. DeVille plays Eruption as part of his solo bit because, I don't know, other guys need to like, you know, soak up some Aquafina Take a rest. Um, And Eruption, when he's playing it on stage and stuff, it's like, Oh, dude, what a sweet tribute to Eddie Van Halen. That's really thoughtful, CC. That's great shit. Now go back 30 fucking years. <laughs> Almost so 35. 30 fu- <laughs> yeah. When, when uh, Tesla opens for Poison, and I, got, I, got, I have pictures of the show uh, and, and basically the ride home. It was rough, but like John and I were like, we were tired and wasted, and maybe had like a little, we've been overserved or something in the parking lot. And we're like, okay, so we're gonna take a break in the back of the Cow Palace or the Open Coliseum and shit. And uh, we're, we're, you know, we, we're done with, with, with Tesla and stuff. And then Poison's doing their shit. And then it's time for like all the, the members to do solos and shit. And CC starts doing this eruption business, and John was just sort of like a rabid fucking bear. He's like, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> he was just like, and he was off, no explanation. And he was just like, he wanted to go and kill CC DeVille. <laughs> John, is this not true? No, this is true. Yeah, you, and I threw a soda at him. You, you yeah, you and I, I had him, some yeah. points. Like, <laughs> yeah. We, 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 John was like, I was like, Dude, it's okay. It's like he, he, he likes he likes Van Halen. But yeah, I was not allowing that tran- transgression to live. Bullshit, bullshit. Michael, what you got for the weekend metal? Um, it it turns out um, after a lot of uh, hype and speculation that uh, this uh, little known band called Pantera. Uh, which has like two living members is going to start a festival tour. Uh, so it's going to be Pantera and they're going to jump on in uh, uh, a 
seemingly, as far as I could tell, a lot of really exotic locations, mostly in like South, South America. America. Yeah, and they're going to join the 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 knot fest, which doesn't actually involve garlic knots. I think it involves like slip knots. So Colin would be all about this. Yeah. Balloon knots. Yeah. So I, I, I think mean, slip knot be... headlining one night and Judas Priest the next night. Like that's. Uh... I don't even know if it's if it's multiple nights, but again, like looks those, like multiple nights. Oh no! Those, you know what? You're right. It's just two different stages. Yeah. So it's it's going to be an interesting thing. I, I know, of course, uh, Rex Brown and Phil Anselmo will be joined on stage with uh, everyone's favorite, you know, fill-in drummer that is not named Dave Lombardo, Charlie Benante, which that's kind of awesome by itself and yeah. of course Zach Wilde will be uh, filling in for uh, Diamond Daryl because we're going to call yeah. him Diamond now because Mike you know what's great. interesting about those announcements Yeah, they just say Pantera yeah like in the list of bands playing it doesn't say a tribute to Pantera it doesn't say <laughs> Pantera yeah. featuring Phil Anselmo and Rex Brown it just lists Pantera, which I, th- I, I that's a little weird. I, I, I imagine that there are uh, Vinnie Paul and uh, Daryl Abbott lawyers who are trying to like figure out like how do we seize on this? Uh, Mike, I mean, my guess is the family is going to get paid on this. Yeah, they would I, have I, to. Uh, you know what I mean? But it's, it's still weird. I think. It's, it's, I, it's, I thought for sure they'd go out with some sort of some sort of different name or you know i, I think at, at cemetery this, gates playing the music of pantera like i i, I think at this point um you know that it causes a lot more sort of distraction if it's sort of like great white featuring or jack russell's great white or jeff tate performing as Operation yeah but Congress. that's 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 concurrent bands going you know what I mean? Right. That's that's like if Rex Brown had a Pantera and and Phil Anselmo had one as well, <laughs> they would have to. I don't know. I just I found it strange that it was yeah. just uh, just I, a straight up Pantera. I'm I, I'm really interesting to like. I'm really interested to see like how this shakes out because um, again, I, I like, bet pretty well. There's a there's a video online of Zach joining. Uh, I don't know who was playing drums, but I think he joined down. Yes. And and they okay. did uh, a Pantera song. It sounded great. Like I, you know, he was tight with those dudes. Yeah. So it's no. like if there is going to be someone to play guitar on a tour like this, Zach is the perfect fill-in. Like he he's he's very in line with those dudes already. Like and Charlie Benante, better drummer than Vinnie Paul. So it's like you're almost getting a better version (laughs) you've got to figure like over the past here we are in 2022 uh and and this this guy zach wow joins ozzy osbourne's band in like 88 or so for for, uh no rest for the wicked or yeah like so that's like 34 fucking years i don't really imagine this guy ever really even changing his leathers shaving his face or ever like taking a day off it's like the dude is like on the fucking road he's just on the road stinks yeah you know that guy's beard stinks yeah it totally does it smells like honey and cardamom 
<laughs> That's how I imagine it. <laughs> well, Michael's Week in Metal leads us right into what we're talking tonight. Here we we have decided to speak about vulgar display of power. One, just because it is a bit timely with the Pantera reunion coming <clears> up. <throat> Uh, sort of reunion coming up and uh it's the 30th anniversary of vulgar display so uh you know it, it feels weird to start this off without colin because colin is a big cheerleader for pantera um and, and we got i we really got, like this record i i i got a colin like a uh, message here on uh, on the group or wherever we're at nice uh, don't mess David, up the sponsors the don't mess up the sponsorships don't mess up the sponsorships he, he, he says about 9.30, so he, he's going to come in, but we could maybe like uh, talk a little bit before before we play the record, um, you know, like... Mike, did you, did you see this tour? I know Chuck was there. We saw the Vulgar tour at the Henry J. Kaiser Convention Center. Yeah, no, I was gone. I never, I never, I never saw... Yeah, that was that was March eighth, nineteen ninety two, and uh, I was I was struggling with who played with them that night, and I just cannot place it. So yeah, you got like a setlist FM on that. Figure out. Like, yeah, I'm on uh, setlist FM, but it doesn't. Uh, oh, uh, they played with Skid Row. What? Yep, Pantera and Skid Actually, Row. That March makes, March eighth, nineteen ninety two. That makes a lot of weird sense. The fucking good show. I mean, it's like Skid Row is touring in support of the second record. Pantera is now on to their what? Yeah, Slave to the Crime was like a big record. It shipped platinum, and it's a hard record, like harder than the first record. Like you know what I mean? So it's like them and Pantera. That's a pretty awesome bill. That's that's some good shit. And and so that would have been you said ninety two. So. Is that the same era as what we're talking about with uh, It is. It's Vulgar. the Vulgar Tour. Okay. Yeah. Well, that came out. 30 years. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And again, like, uh, you go back, uh, click, click, click to, like, Cowboys and Hell and stuff, and it's like, uh, the really interesting thing, too, is, um, and if Colin were here, we could talk more about it. It's like, the really weird evolution of this band, like yeah, you you whatever albums you get from your Spotify or your uh, Apple Music, you got to go all the way back to like, oh my gosh, like the late '80s when they're like, this is they're my hand drawn out. They're a hair metal band. Yep, and uh, <clears throat> you know they're they're trying to like kind of like compete, not necessarily with like. Poison and Warrant and God forbid. Oh, here he comes <laughs> with Crickster or whatnot. I don't but know. Yeah, Metal I mean Lord? they get they have what Metal Magic and they have I Am the Night and those are those couldn't be further from Cowboys from Hell. Those are some joke records that you won't find <laughs> on most streaming services. Hello, Metal Lord, ladies and there, gentlemen. Boys? Let's welcome Colin Bosler to the table. Happy birthday. Oh. Uh, how oh, was no, Rob that, Halford's that, birthday? Were you out uh, doing a birth children's birthday party as Rob Halford? <laughs> <laughs> Gather around, children. <laughs> Let me Let, tell you about my metal stories. <laughs> Let me tell you about the screaming for vengeance. Colin, you were just in time. We just started talking about Vulgar. Wow. Where were you All in 92 right. when this record came along? Oh, geez. Let's see. Um, graduated college in 89, so I would have been... 
my fourth, first full-time gig. Uh, yeah, kids piece, working with troubled youth. So uh, yeah, working as a counselor, uh, working with troubled teens uh, back in 1992. But and were honest, you into them? When this no. came out, no, okay. no, I didn't get on the on the Pantera train until early two thousand. I uh, wow. a buddy a buddy of mine named Kevin who recently passed, so rest in peace, Kevin. Um, we uh, he turned me on to Pantera, and I just wasn't really into them originally, but uh, he turned me on to them. Boy, I'll tell you what, it, it took hold quickly. And once I started checking out their their catalog, uh, Kevin and I played them a lot. So uh, they hold fond memories uh, from those times when uh, when he and I would hang out and get our drink on and, and listen to Pantera and rough each other up in the, in the little mosh pit that we created in his uh, living room there. <laughs> That's awesome. I, again, like, yeah, cause you're like, you're a super fan of Pantera, but like you didn't get to them for like almost a decade after their sort of like initial sort of like peak, like, like Cowboys from hell is like 1990, I think. Yeah. Uh, so J- John, what was like your first impression of, uh, Pantera. I think my first impression was Vulgar Display, just because uh, I remember Walk being played on Headbangers Ball, and you know, starting starting to hear about Pantera. It's funny because now I look back, I actually prefer Cowboys from Hell. I like that record a little more. <laughs> but um, th- this album landed huge. I, I remember not only did we go to that show at the Henry J. Kaiser, Chuck and I also went We went and met Pantera. They did an in-store at Tower before the show. Wow. And they were signing Vulgar and signing 8x10s and things like that. So, you know, we, we met the whole band and, and then we went to see them. I've always really liked them since, um, but I sort of fell off a, a little bit. Like, I really like Cowboys and I really like Vulgar. Far Beyond Driven, I think, is a very good record, but I don't listen to it very often. And by the time they got to Trend Kill and, and the others, I just wasn't listening to them that much. Um, not to say that I, I stopped liking Pantera, I just, I don't know. I just wasn't listening to a lot of that type of music at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Da- David, how about you? Like, what's your uh, impression of Pantera, your first impression? I've, I've never heard Pantera before. Nice. That's, that's kind of what we figured there. Like, it's like this is going to be like a really interesting escape room for you. Um, no, I mean I've heard like that opening riff to walk. And, oh, uh, you think so? And, I, and I've and I've uh, you know in a Wendy's commercial or and something. And I've kind of like skated through uh, a fillet of metal magic, uh, just because I love the cover for that record so much. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Like, can you draw me like a cat <laughs> with a guitar, with like no junk and a devil tail <laughs> holding a sword? That'd be great. Sure, no problem. Nailed it. I'm gonna do this in detention. Sure. What's the name of the band? Yeah, make Pantera. The Chrome. Here, uh, Pantera. You mean like the salad place? No, no, no. Pantera. It does even exist. <laughs> there was no salad place back then. <laughs> Just so you know, every time. You go to Panera. I call it Pantera. You have to. That's a rule. All right. You're that a true metalhead. You, ha- you, ha- you, you have to call it Pantera. There's oh, only Pantera. I also, I also say Chipotle. Michael, when did you come in on this record? You got to correct other people too on this. The, the, uh, the thing about going to Panera is like, just don't go to Panera. Make a fucking sandwich at home, motherfucker. You don't know how to make a salad? 
Dude, their, their salads are good, man. I, who's got like who's got like boiled eggs just laying around the house? Uh, that I makes do. a salad. Not me. You boil them up and you put them in a salad. And then you forget. Anyhow. Yeah. So like again, like probably again, like uh, you know, late night parties and stuff, and then headbangers ball comes on. We're watching for like uh, some tool videos. Maybe some like Guns N' Roses videos again with like actually doing some uh, knocking on heaven door, heaven's door and making slack for whatever reason inexplicably say, you reggae. And then it turns into a reggae song. But like otherwise, we're listening to like, uh, get some Soundgarden in there, get some Alice in Chains. Definitely the, like the music landscape had like turned a little bit more, more uh, I would say like veritas. Uh, so it's more like crowd and fans and the band performing intensely. So it's not like cherry pie videos. It's not like, you know, uh, nothing but a good time videos. It's more sort of like intense. And like watching those first videos, uh, of, you know, like especially like walk, which is getting played like a lot on Facebook. Like, so I, you know, so I, I, I paid attention to that. I don't know if I actually went out. I totally did not go out and buy that record. Because uh, I'm not going to get into it yet. But like, I, I could I could appreciate the enthusiasm that the band inspired and the fans and like what they were doing. But like, it, yeah. it, it happened. It was doing a thing. I'm, I was still waiting for that really creepy tool video with like Google stop motion stuff. <laughs> but do sober again. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and, sober's good. You know, and then will this be over and we can listen to like uh, watch uh, Alternative Nation? Because like, then there'd be other stuff on there too. I was in a bad, I was in a transitional phase. So like, the, the, the amount of metal that I can like actually do and take seriously didn't really include Pantera if, if, if we like fast forwarded 10 years where Colin got into it it's like oh, okay cool but uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna listen to this uh, double listen to it. double platinum record vulgar display of power uh, which has like a lot of really shiny points of light for it, um, and uh, we're gonna count up. Is everybody on uh, Spotify or something? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's oh, wait a second. This thing says walk EP. That is not a thing. Oh boy. So, no, I, I I I got. I'm right here. So let's uh, let's <laughs> let's count up to three. One, two, three. What a great intro for a song and for an album. This hooks me right off the beginning. Really, it has a it has a definite sound. I don't know yeah. who produced these records. Uh, Terry Date. Uh, yeah, that, did, was, did, did he work with Pantera often, or what did else he, did he do? He, he, I think he did like four Pantera records. Okay, uh, oh. I, actually a lot. Worked with Metal Church, Dream Theater, yeah. Soundgarden, Overkill. Dark Angel, Fishbone, Prong, White Zombie, Deftones. Yeah, yeah. Totes, totes. Prolific. Totes. Like, 
And this is like really solid, like early 90s, sort of like we're producing the fuck out of this. We got like big record company money behind this. This is like released by Atco. I'm not not sure what they're. That's a subsidiary of blah, blah, blah. Uh, a subsidiary company. of Atlantic. Yeah. So, the, yeah, there you go. So they're, they're putting a lot of money in this. So the sound quality of it is like really tight. So Colin, like, what 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 drives you when you when you uh, put this in? And this is like track one. This is mouth for war, by the way. Yeah. Mouth the, for to war. me, the, the the drum beats are very tribal, very primal, very just you know makes you want to bounce around. I mean, just listen to that. Like, it's, it's constant, just heaviness. That downbeat. The I don't know. This to me, it's very very bouncy, very aggressive for a drum, a drum uh, riff. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely like a, a different sort of uh, experience, I think, if you're coming out of like your, and, and we want David to like chime in on this too, like a little different in terms of like the yeah, timing. Production wise, what do you think, Dave? I mean, it sounds tight. I mean, when you mentioned that the that the producer had worked with Prong, I think that's the that's probably the thing I hear most. You know, it's like super tight. You know, clean guitar sound. But uh, yeah, but it, but it, but again, like the, the 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 timing of like whatever whatever uh, Daryl Abbott, at least like uh, Daryl Diamond Daryl or Dimebag Daryl at this yeah. point. And again, like would obviously go on to become like a goddamn legend of uh, guitar um, and what he and his brother Vinnie Paul are doing is like really not necessarily like to compare them with Van Halen but like it's a great combo you know that, again like he, as Colin was saying like he, Vinnie brings like some like crushing blows and, and some driving rhythms and then Daryl just sort of like brings those fucking deadly riffs and then just sort of like spirals out in all these different weird angles and yeah. stuff. He was awesome. Just um, to those know, riffs. That's right there. That's fantastic. It, yeah. It's it, 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 again like, and you know, and then, then you have, and, I, and I, I want to like listen to like a lot more of them and wonder like, about their, their, their greater potential. But uh, because again, like we got comments, David and Kraft on like uh, Phil and Salmo's uh, vocal delivery. You know, I think the thing that I just from a an initial impression of the band, the thing that I never liked about the band was Phil and Salmo. Like uh, I don't like I don't like his look. I don't like like I think I just. He's also a bit of a dickhead. I mean, he, he, he <laughs> like, sort of drinks and slips and falls into like weird Nazi salutes and shit like that. Like, yeah, he's, that, as a well, person, that, not that really happened, the best that, guy. That, that, that happened recently. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but it's like you know, it's like, and this is this is my naivete, but it's also just, you know, when you, you when you're like checking out a band, and not necessarily these guys, but it's like you check out a band and like. Oh, just sorry. based on their <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so good. I'm sorry. Go ahead, David. But in the you background, know, there is something going on that's amazing. You know, you check out a band and like just their whole presentation makes you think like they're either edgy or completely like racist or completely this or com- like 
they're just kind of like they're like walking a line and yeah. I'm not saying that that's that's Pantera but Pantera is like I can't tell where they're coming from and I don't know I don't want to have to do that much work to figure it out you know what I mean so it's like I just never bothered and Phil Anselmo I like I know guys who look like him this is gonna sound stupid I know guys who look like him who walk like him you know and I'm just like ah, I don't like those guys <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, I, I think like, that's fair. Yeah. I, I like Pantera's the, music. Do I want to hang out with Phil Anselmo? Not so much. Yeah, and and yeah. you know the other thing is like as a as a guitar player, and I don't know if other guitar players feel like this. Like people go nuts about about Dimebag, and I'm like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, and when people are like super super over the top into somebody, it pushes me away. And it's like. Look, you think he's a great guitar okay. player? Awesome! Like, don't put him on a freaking pedestal. He's just a well, good guitar player. you know, I I, th- I think some of Dimebag's glory comes off of, of being martyred. You know, at a at a young age, like yeah, I get that. Un- unfairly. You know, but I would say like as as far as this style of music, the dude's got great riffs. I mean, like every does. song has. You know, you've talked about in the past, David, the the break. You know, like where's where's your mosh break? Yeah, you better have every Pantera. And they have song one in every song, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's every song. Yeah. And and they're all solid. And and I think that when he does get to his solos, his solos, especially for the time, are pretty innovative. He didn't really sound like a lot of other guitars yeah. surrounding him. Yeah. And and again, like yeah, we have like as John said, like, you know, a sense that like uh you know, there's a, a different way to view the music now as we move into the next song. Uh, I think we're actually we've been in the, the next song a new level uh, for for a bit here. Um, you know, he's he's got like a little uh, poor comparison, like a little James Dean sort of like uh, mystique going for him, where it's like, oh, what, where would Damage plan have gone. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if Damage Plan was going to take over the world. You know, considering where uh, where 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 Dimebag was shot, it just seemed like yeah, you're just playing like really bad concert halls in, in Ohio. Um, I saw them of, in Pennsylvania. It wasn't a bad place, but like they're not storming uh, arenas and stuff. They're, they were not storming arenas, though. You know, but but, but again, like that's that's because like the. The music, the market, the culture evolves and stuff. But like in, in in the early '90s and stuff, when this sort of stuff like drops on you, and 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 a lot of the noise that comes at you, the lot of the power that comes at you on top of it is Anselmo's voice. And if you watch the videos or you watch like any of the recordings of their uh, their concerts from this period, it's like. He's like the guy who is like orchestrating the mosh pit. It's like he's got the cutoff shorts or like the really big cargo shorts with the boots and maybe no shirt, shaved head and stuff. It's like that is like so anti sort of like Brett Michaels or Janie Lane or any of like the other sort of like metal front singers that we or front men that we've ever imagined. It's like that. And Ricky Rackman's sort of going like, this is where heavy metal's going. It's like, okay, let's go. And now we're in the walk. Probably one of their most sort of like iconic, most recognizable songs. 
I would agree. I, love it. I, th- I think this is their their theme. This is what gets the most play when you say Pantera. It's on Sirius XM all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 again, it has like all of the. It, it, it's a weird thing too. Like when you go back and you reflect, like honestly reflect, like does this sound like whatever you were listening to in like 1992? Does it sound like Alice in Chains? Does it sound like Soundgarden? Does it sound like Jane's Addiction? Does it sound like Gin Blossom? I don't know. Because like I no. totally love Gin Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I totally fucking love the yep. Gin Blossom. Yep, next week we're doing a listening party for Found Out About You. Fantastic. There you go. I I love that. So that that, that, that would just you, be actually. like one song though. But like, <laughs> that'd be nice. Yeah, we'll what's that record called? There. New Miserable Experience? Yep. Look at the big brain on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That's a whole different channel, though. But, like, I, what, what, the, there's definitely, like, a spirit of uh, unrelenting, unapologetic aggression that comes out when you watch the visuals, when you hear the music, and the, and the, and the vocals, too. And it's right there in the lyrics, too. It's like, these guys aren't really being... Uh, how should we say? Like, very intellectual about a goddamn thing. Which is an interesting sort of, like, switch. Where there's, there's you know, it's like, we're going to be as brutal as we want to. But, but we, we, also, we, we, it's it's not like one of those bands where every song is just a flat-out assault either, because they do, you know, take the time to, you know, like their cover of Planet Caravan, I think, is fucking great. Yeah. And it's like this this album, you talk about, like, songs lined up as like a one-two-three punch. I think starting with Walk, Walk into fucking Hostile, oh. into This Love, yeah, is so strong. Like, I'll, I'll talk about this love it, a little bit when it comes there, but if you don't mind me saying, Michael, you talked about about the the aggressiveness. It's what's, what's interesting to me about Walk is it's aggressive, but it has a steady pace that does not really get aggressive. This to me, it's an anthem that works because it stays easy like an anthem. It doesn't get too like like fucking hostile, which is my favorite song of the album is hostile but walk to me is very is very straightforward but not over the top yeah yeah i bet a drunken colin has busted some ass to fucking hostile uh yes (laughs) (laughs) and he's had his ass busted so you know it's kind of both ways that was just do not fuck with the metal lord the dude is like fucking cobra kai that's yeah that's his 200 mile rule (laughs) <laughs> but, but but you bring up a good point Colin too like this song never gets out of it's like sort of like box it's like we're not gonna rev the Mustang all the way up RPM stuff we're just gonna like make it steady and fantasy and we're gonna like we're gonna like and it's it, it's a great mosh fucking amp. walk on home boy that's right which is one of the greatest lines ever written. Fucking awesome. Yeah. And, and you read the lyrics and, and, and stuff, too. It's like all, all, all the rest of the members of the band, Rex Brown and Vinnie Paul and, and, and Phil Anselmo. Not Phil Anselmo, but like uh, Daryl Abbott. You know, they're all from Texas. Uh, Phil is from like uh, New Orleans and yeah. stuff. 
And he, and he talks about in the more recent uh, uh, Rolling Stone um, uh, interview following his really kind of kind of revealing uh, bullshit display of you know doing like the you know the the Nazi salute and saying white power and stuff at a concert. Uh, talks about like how broken his entire life was and how how sort of like you know all all the other things and so he so he he speaks for like uh underdogs and victims and stuff and yeah if he, if he were if he was drunk and he said like the whole white power shit and he was just like sort of like being ironic I maybe buy that. I guess I don't know. Yeah, what did he, he, he said he, he said it was an inside joke about getting drunk on white wine. Right. Yeah. And, and and also sort of like trying to goose the guys in the in the first you know in the first couple rows there in the pit and stuff. It's like okay, uh, then we're gonna come to a song which is actually sort of like. A, l- a little bit woke, <laughs> I guess. For There's like, some singing. All right, so we've moved on to uh, the next track, which is... Fucking Hostile. <laughs> in name and in nature. There you go. This song is just so good. It, this, this band is completely outside of what I usually like, but I love this record. Yeah. It, 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 it is a gorgeous record because it's like fucking unrelenting and unapologetic, and it and again, it's 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 not really thrash. I think you know we we we've, we've evolved at least at, the, at this point in the early '90s to this idea. It's like, oh, well, this is not thrash metal. This is groove metal. It's groove metal. So, so David, what exactly is groove metal? I I mean, I wouldn't call this groove metal. I mean, I think that they've got like you you look at a, a tune like Walk or something like it's definitely got a groove to it. But I think it was just—it was really just the way metal was going. I mean, this is the same record that that um, Meantime by Helmet came out. I think the, yep. the the method of production and and what metal was putting out into the public right now at this point in, in fucking music blistering solo that was we're just like, like over. you know it was just like really tight and it's fine. I mean, it's it is what it is. When yeah. I think about who else, it, you know, what else was coming out at this time was like. Um, I think Caius had a had a record out this this year. Um, Rage Against the Machine, you know, it's it, a very very different style, yeah. Production wise and riff wise, very similar. You know, very yeah. tight riffs, um, and I think that that's the the commonality you see among bands because what what are they what are they up against? You know, they're up against that that Seattle scene is coming out, much looser sound, a lot of pop music coming out that's that's dominating the airwaves. So, that's how you end a song, by the way. That's how you end a song right there. Yeah, you got like the massive dump of like two Guns N' Roses records. You know, yeah, I mean, they're, they're contemporaries at, at that year. Countdown to Extinction, Adrenalize, Blues for the Sun, Angel Dust, Psalm 69, oh, Dust, and Revenge. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, but you're right, David. You hear something like the Rage debut. And and it's not that far off from this. And and like you said, that Caius record, same thing. Also the Ministry record. Yes. Like you're uh, it's it's they're getting there's a need to really differentiate from 
you know, there was a big push, man. Like crunchy hippie music coming out in the '90s, dude. Yeah, like oh for fuck sure. All yeah. that, you know, all that, all that fuzzy guitar stuff, and then like Fishbones out. Fucking uh, like uh, Lost Tones just put like their second record out. Like you know what I mean? Like Doctors era. And shit. Yeah, dude. Like there's a lot going on. Blues traveler. In, yeah. Blues traveler. God <laughs> yeah. damn, blues traveler. Yeah. So like, so like, so when this, so when this is actually like competing for like. Uh, a little bit of like uh, market space or just getting on MTV. It's like they're doing something right. And maybe this song, This Love, is like doing it really well. And this song harkens back to like Cowboys uh, uh, from Hell. It's like soft, loud, soft, loud. Yeah. This is like a. This is a rough fucking song. What yeah, I, like, I'm just looking it. at. I'm just looking at like three records. I on you know I pulled up the list of like everything that came out yeah. in '92. First three records that popped up that I owned were Man, not even, were not even metal records, right? It was like Dr. Dre's Chronic, Check Your Head, um, Dry by P.J. Harvey. Um, ah, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Like ah. Rage Against the Machine. I didn't own that in when it came out in '92. I had Henry's Dream by Nick Cave. I think Live wow. Seats came out not okay. long after oh, that. Shit. Like there's a um, lot we were, of records we're, we're, I own that were not metal records. We were totally going back to college. But yeah. Like yeah, I I didn't own this record either. It was just sort of like, but I I could kind of like uh, listen to it and respect it. But like, but th- this song was a little bit different though. Yeah. I mean, Bone Machine came out this year, and that was when I was done with Tom Waits. I'm like, uh, uh, I'm taking a break. You were done with Bone Machine? I didn't like Bone Machine. I didn't like when he started like hanging out with. Um, with uh, what's his name, William S. Burroughs for for what was that oh, record? Burrow, he did? Yeah, Burroughs was on like uh, the 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 the, the, the rider it. out. Rider, yeah. If you, but, uh, mind, if you don't mind talking about Pantera for a second, all right. I'll just <laughs> I'll just drink my soda. There you go. <laughs> what I was gonna say was what, what's interesting about this love to me is if you listen to the lyrics, it's not a happy song. There's it's, there's there's a, there's a lot of dark, and I was gonna say that. To me, and Michael, Michael used the word cerebral. They're not a cerebral brand band, but they weren't afraid to tackle some pretty heavy duty issues. There's your mosh breakdown, David. Absolutely, yeah. they weren't yeah. afraid to tackle some heavy duty, you know, home life issues that were going on. And this is one of those songs that, to me, ain't a happy song. It's it's got no. some lyrics that talk about pain and talk about you know abuse and things. And they were not afraid to, to talk about that stuff. Yeah, no, and and again, Colin, that, that, that's a great point because, like, I think like like a lot of their music is like when you listen to the riffs, you listen to the drumming, it's it's all very visceral. And the experience of like listening to to Pantera and going to a Pantera show, you know, especially like if you're going back in like uh, in the early '90s and stuff, is like just to fucking lose your head. It, this is not like a headphones record. This is not like a headphones record. We're just going like, oh, what exactly is David Gilmore saying at this particular point <laughs> on, uh, you know, Dark Side of the Moon? It's, you don't listen to like a, a fucking Radiohead record while you're drinking like a nice Chianti or something. It's like, no, this is like pummeling shit. But they they do have like a soft side, which is like you know like the you know like the other Dark Side of the Moon. It's like. Let's talk about like pain, pain of love, 
It's this is not about. This is about as close as uh, Pantera will get to a ballad. <laughs> the Cemetery Gate is really awesome though too. They do Planet Caravan too. It's nice cover. They could do soft stuff, and Phil can actually fucking sing. Which you'll hear them on like those softer songs, uh, soft-ishy songs. But you know, in the meantime, it's like he he never gets full Cookie Monster either, too. No, it's no, he doesn't like it. Yeah, that wasn't really a thing yet. Yeah, right. It's kind of like if he got like sort of like incomprehensible, like. Yeah, it's like that's well, you 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 might still be on Headbangers Ball, but like you'll see your video once, and then that'll be it. <laughs> so, uh, what follows this love is, as everybody knows, as we flip over, rise, and I think this is side two, correct? Then yep. rise, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's definitely a flip over moment. Kind of weird because, like, I think I've always only had this, the CD. This sounds exactly like another song, and it it's not going to come to me while I'm listening to it. Which song, David? Uh, uh, come on, man. The the, uh, the one that's playing right now. This love. Okay. This love <laughs> is. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it sounds like "Run to You" by Brian Adams. <laughs> Uh, you're thinking of you're thinking of Ryan. It's kind of sweet. And Terry, Terry dates like a good producer. It's like there's gonna be a fade out, but it's gonna be like yeah, extended fade out. So, what track we bringing now? Rise. I mean, I think. I think the best that I hear out of this is the stuff like this that sounds very thrashy. Yeah. You know, that, that, that track, um, the, the, the hostile track that, that Colin was getting all wound up on, um, that sounds almost exactly like uh, a Lost Society tune. That sounds like Helmet. Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. yeah. 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 But, or but or Helmet the- sounds like Pantera. Yeah. Yeah, but, but but we have to admit, like Helmet was a little bit more sort of like clinical, like what yeah, the Helmet Steve sound was, production was. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So it was clean, and like the aggression wasn't like like Phil Anselmo voice. It was just sort of like, hey, yeah, we're doing this thing, and also our second album is gonna be called Betty. That's it. It's yeah, like, it didn't work, man. Okay, so you're kind of you're right there in the same fucking lane with uh, I don't know Candlebox, but uh, <laughs> you know what, uh, what 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 this brings too is like uh, it, 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 it's really interesting too. Arr, gonna move that back a little bit, but uh, so Colin, like when when you first got into this record. And you flipped over to like side two, or you probably had the CD too. I did. Like rise like a track. Like it's like this um, is a good second second side album opener. 
I liked Rise. After this, I'll be honest, uh, it, 7 through 11, I didn't spin a lot. But yeah, I, thought, I was thinking the same thing, Colin. But at the, <laughs> well, I once think, you come down off the high of side one. And, and that's exactly what I was going to say, John, was Rise to me is still very side one-like. It still has a... From no good on down, I can't say that it has the same energy. It's been a while, so maybe I'm wrong. But as I would listen to it, I would kind of hit rise. And then I was usually pretty good for Vulgar. Then I'd move on to another one in their catalog, Trend Killer or something, maybe to, to keep the the uh, the happiness, you know, the, the aggression going. The happiness. <laughs> the happy aggressiveness. There's, there's like a weird story that the band tells how like uh, how disappointed they were by the Metallica Black album uh, which would go on to sell 50 million copies but at the time they felt like as a, perhaps a lot of people did like the Metallica had sold out that they were like doing shorter songs that they weren't as sort of like thrashy and sort of in your face. Like their sort of like call to action was like, we want to make the heaviest fucking record ever. And and Terry Date was like assisting them in this. And I don't know if they actually did that. This record went to platinum. Uh, Metallica went... I don't even know what 50 platinum is. It just means like those dudes never need to work again. Yeah. Five, five times diamond, I guess. But, but again, it puts us back in the context of like where people are sort of like calling one band weak or poser or that their sort of adaptations don't suit our idea of like what metal should be. And we're going to be like real metal. We're going to be true metal. And so, this is what you get, you know. This and, and this is like, fuck. As old as we are in 2022, and this record comes out in 1992. This record is only eight years after fucking Master of Puppets. Is it better? No, it's not no. better than Master of Puppets. Close? No. Side it's, one it's, is pretty strong. Well, it's like it's, it's six years from and justice for all. Is it better? No. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> you can get anything. From Japan, I, I, I but think no. it's a good album, but if you're comparing yeah. it to the classic Metallica records, no. You know, I think it's that, it's, it's ten years after Ride the Lightning. Is it better? No. I don't know. No, no it, it, it's it's a good like tug on Superman's cape sort of fucking you know moment there, but like good for them. They but they they were inspired by that. They wanted to take the mantle and be like, we're gonna be the saviors of metal, and they totally changed the direction. We have to like admit that like what happens with the mainstreaming of Pantera is like it's like you have like all of these other. Fest that start up, whether it's Ozfest or what's the one where they do like the, the, the stuff with the skateboarding and stuff. Warp Tour? Uh, there you go, Warp Tour. That's good. Uh, if somebody said like Little Affair, that would have been cool too. That would have been acceptable. But like, 
it definitely gets like people a lot more interested in uh, music that's a little left of the dial and going out to and to, to see and support live music which is like, totally awesome that's kind of like what we do right people are just like, nodding their heads <laughs> David is actually just captivated by the music. He's like what the heck is happening? This is like the rap section in Roll the Bones. <laughs> Early yes. 90s, you know, some weird shit was yes, going it, down. It, it, not even the rap section in was like... That, uh, was that you know, Canadian rapper Snow loose. dropping by? <laughs> no, that was Canadian rapper Getty Lee. <laughs> I, I want to I imagine that that was like Neil. I think it was Neil. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Roll the vote. Drake wasn't born yet. Yeah, this. You know what? I could probably sit through this record like if I was like working on the house, and then when that part started, I'd be like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> like <laughs> shut, record scratch. Uh, shut up! Like, I'm trying to focus here. It's like you pause. You're like, "Is somebody calling me? Is somebody calling me?" <laughs> My wife's like, "What? What?" I thought I thought I thought I heard somebody calling me. And somehow like the drone like was, went through the window. Dude, I was listening to like American radio when I was over in Ireland. I like get in the shower, and that Metallica song comes on where the lady's like moaning in the background. I'm like, what the? Like, turn the shower. I'm like, the heck is that? <laughs> That's your aunt. <laughs> it's like Marianne Faithful. It's like, uh-huh. good song. I thought it was your aunt in the other room or something. <laughs> uh, it sounded like a. I don't know. It sounded bad. I don't know. That'd be an interesting conversation over white and blacks. The reason this song to me never really stuck with me is I don't think it has an identity. It's a little funk. It's got that little rap piece. I don't really care for the chorus. It doesn't seem to stay. Like this part, the thrashy part I'm listening to is great. It doesn't really seem to stay in any direction, though. Uh, yeah. And, 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 And again, like, because I... I've been listening to this record and you know far beyond driven as well as going back to like cowboys uh, from hell it's like you, you could totally see like how quickly they sort of like change up their sort of like idea of like what their uh, music should sound like or feel like uh, it this one seems to kind of like run out of like a lot of juice where it's like it, it seems like and, and you, could, you could read the production notes and shit on it too it's like they came in with four demos they spent two months in the studio so the lyrics and maybe some of the riffs just kind of get like retread and it's like hey we got the echo columbia money let's just let's just do this they, yeah cowboys from hell if you go back and listen to it and john said like that was one of his preferred records it's like it's a much more diverse record um it's it's a really more sort of like uh i couldn't just use the word correctly more metal record in the sense like phil is like I want to be Rob Halford. Happy birthday, Rob Halford, 71. Um, and there's like the, the Cemetery Gates on that. Am I correct? Yeah, I might be correct in that. Cemetery and, Gates is on Far Beyond Driven, isn't it? Okay, all right. So it's, it's a little bit further on. So, yeah. All right. But there, but there are other songs on there, too. It's like there was one song I was listening to today. It's like, dude, pause that. It's like, 
this does not even sound like Pantera at all. If you were like, if you were to like do like a Pepsi Coke challenge with somebody, it's like, do you like Pantera? It's like, listen to this. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Cemetery Gates is on Cowboys. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think that was later. <laughs> I stand I mean, corrected. Is, it's, it, here's but, the thing. But again, we're, like, we're eight songs in, right? Yes. I don't even know where we're at. We're at song <laughs> live in a hole. Oh, we're, we're on <laughs> live in a hole. Live in a hole. Oh, in a hole. Okay. This is this episode is called a listening party, Michael. <laughs> but uh, you know. But I, I don't I don't have the track list in front of me, Colin. But like it's uh <laughs> it's here's the thing, and it's not their fault because I think it's a it's a subtlety that that folks may it may not affect some people. This is a fatiguing record. Right, and I don't say that as a compliment. I don't say that like we are eight songs in; they're all amazing, and I'm sweating. Like, no, like my ears are tired of listening to this. Yeah, it's too many tracks. It's a little too long. Yeah, I agree it's with too, that. But it's it's not just too many tracks. It's too many tracks, and I could see people not listening to the whole second side of this record. I, well, I mean, not, I think well, that's what Colin and I were just saying. It's like, yeah. just too much. Yeah, and, you go, and you, you go, you even go back if to the, the second, even if the flip side is as good as the first side, it's not necessary. It could have put us a second record. It's hard to get through it. Yeah. No. And, and David, that, that that that's probably you know my experience today was like. Also, I made the mistake too of like doing the Apple Music deluxe version where it's like does this album ever end yeah. it was like playing like tracks like almost like 20 deep and going like what I don't even know what this song is called it's called like where's fluffy you know it's just it just, what? just it, it would not die that's a Metallica joke just for folks who remember bread band there you go but uh Again, it's like it, it is a little exhausting uh, because they they don't really switch it up enough. It's like the the, uh, the Cowboys from Hell record at least has that sort of sensibility where it's sort of going to go from like, all right, here's a thrasher and here's a song that's going to be like a little like slower, more plodding, more I don't know, something that you have to like oh, you know, pick your teeth to. But uh, shit, this just this just seems like a, I don't know the sort of shit that you would play at Abu Ghraib or or Gitmo. It's like we'll get them to talk at some point. <laughs> Golic, it's like you think <laughs> that's that's a pretty good use for it. Yes, I would agree with you. Mike. I don't know, like a lot. A lot of those dudes came out of Gitmo, like big ACDC and Metallica <laughs> bands. <laughs> But I think again, I think David they were exposed to ACDC and Metallica. Yeah, I, I think David makes an excellent point. I think that the to me the first side was so good and so aggressive and and the riffs were so heavy by track eight. Yeah, I, I am kind of tired and and I'm going all right, okay. Eight, eight, <laughs> like this could be the last track, four on each side, solid release. Yeah, and and and, and be done. Well, and, you would have had a forty-minute record, which right. would have been fine. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's okay. Four and four be, be a solid yeah. forty minutes. Yeah. 
But but again, like that, you come into the studio, you have four demos, and none of them actually you make the record, and you're there for two months. You're basically like starting with like nothing from Cowboys, and it's it, it's a wonder they came up with something. They, you know, obviously at the moment, sixty days or so came up with like little gems and stuff and we hear like all these like horror stories too of like bands who uh, you know have like one good record maybe it's Cowboys or maybe it's Out of the Cellar and it's like on the road on the road on the road on the road or maybe it's the cat you know the, you know, look what the cat dragged in and then like boom you're in the studio and it's like alright you got two months let's give us like and new songs that are going to be on this album that we want to print and turn into gold uh, within like weeks. That's a that's a fucking hard task. And these guys are like young dudes at that point, like in their like early mid twenties and shit. So bravo for that. And also like suck dick, you know, record industry for like not respecting art. But because like if there had been a YouTube, they could have like taken like another thirty years to put out Walk, but we would have missed it. Uh, pummeling, fucking again, like again, so much uh, love for Vinnie Paul. Yeah, uh, I, I you know I don't dislike anything that we've been listening to on side two. It's just too much. Yeah, it's definitely not like listening to a Rush record. Rush gives you a break from time to time. Even Iron Maiden, right, David, gives you a break from time to time. Uh, uh, You're still David, right? That's you, David. (laughs) I mean, I take a lot of breaks from Iron Maiden. This one's lasted almost two years. (laughs) Yeah. That's the whole thing. This this is just a big fucking knuckle sandwich of a record. It's like we are not gonna like. We are not. Is that gonna a play on the front up. cover, Michael? You, you 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 can call you can call Uncle as much as you want. We're not gonna let you up. <laughs> but yeah, and and again, like, do we want to talk about like the front cover artwork? There are stories that are true. There are stories that are not true. What are some of the true ones? Uh, the stories are that it's an actual dude being punched in the face by, I think, Rex Brown. And the basis for Pantera. The record we're listening to. Today. (laughs) Thursday. Right at at this moment. Right now. I'm not he, supposed to, I don't have to know who the bass player bass is to right now to the on the music you're listening to. <laughs> His sound is like so buried you would never he's, know. He's not like he's but, Billy uh, Sheehan. <laughs> right. Yeah, because otherwise <laughs> Shy Boy would be involved in this. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and also like, like like who is? Who is Billy Sheehan? Walk on home, Dave. Dude, Billy, you just ruined the song. Uh, we're trying to be fucking intense, but uh, it, it, you know, the, 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 apparently there was like one version of the album cover, 
and everybody, the record company, the band rejected it. And they're like going like, we want it to be a vulgar display of power, which is a line from which film from 1973? 73? The Exorcist. It comes from The Exorcist. Really? Yes. Kind of like it less now. Well... It could have been called, like, uh, Your Mother Sucks Cocks in Hell, which would have been equally awesome, but they went for, like, something a little bit more marketable. Uh, But whatever they had turned in, like, the band's like, no, this is not us. We want, like, punch-in-the-face shit. And then it's like, how about punch-in-the-face with, like, a boxing glove? And like, nope, that just seems so... And what they, in the story that evolved uh, pre-internet was like, oh yeah, some dude, the 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 model, as it were, was gonna get punched in the face by Rex Brown some thirty times until like the photographer caught like the right image, and it's like, no, that didn't happen either. They had computers in the '90s, kids. That was a thing, and so. Uh, Nobody got paid ten dollars a punch, and Rex Brown actually came clean on this. Like thirty years later, go like, no, nah, no, nah, fake news, because he, he had just he had just figured out like that that was actually a term, fake news. But uh, it, it definitely it, that that would be a record. Like if you're thinking like I don't even know like if there's a record that's gonna piss off my parents, but you see the album cover, you're like. Yep, that's the kind of music I like. The Def Leppard record at that point, maybe not so much. What was the Def Leppard record? Again? I was like, it's not very good. The album covers are like, I don't know. Dude getting punched in the face? I'm going to check this no. shit out. Especially it's like a plasma they, ball. Especially when they're shipping it out the back door. It's so like, oh yeah. And Skid Row? Damn. That's a Power Records. R.I.P. By Demons. Be Diamond and... Uh, God damn, we still have 10 minutes left. <laughs> Almost 11. Yeah, it's... um, It's a lot. Yeah, it's a it's lot. It's still going. Are we just getting old happening. and we don't have the stamina anymore? I feel <laughs> like every listening party we do, we get to this point where we're like, Jesus, Ozzy really drags it out, doesn't he? Well, well we're, we're not we're not drunk. Yeah, right? you're so us, <laughs> What the fuck us. are you saying, man? I'm saying when am you're I drunk, shit do, goes am, faster. Am I doing it wrong? <laughs> no, I mean, there's a couple of pieces here, right? The one is that the second half of the record is just not that good. But I mean, I really think it's just the record's too darn long. That song, the the the, the hit on this record is five minutes and fifteen seconds long. Like, come on, guys, hit it and quit it. James Brown wouldn't put up with this. That song could have been two minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> you you really like it? Play it twice. Yeah, and again, it, it's it, that that brings up like an interesting irony too, because like the thing that the band Metallica realized too after doing like Injustice for All for like sixteen months while they did their world tour was like. Let's play the song and Justice for All every night in, in its entirety. And that's like a last check, like an eight, nine minute song. 
so like whatever like decision they made to like you know hook up with bob rock or whatnot was sort of like can we make songs that we could perform and still actually live it's like whatever you could do in the studio is totally different from what you could do every fucking night you know like watch lars watch james watch kirk or watch uh uh you know jason at that point like fuck and justice for all is a really long fucking song let's make songs that are shorter cool this dude just just you know speaking to the can old-timey style uh, but you 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 can definitely see like you know other bands sort of like no longer songs have more prestige to them they don't they what the don't. heck is he saying in this song? He's saying like how he wants to be in the Henry Rollins band. Maybe? Back no, in the call. Back in the call? Right, back in. I think back in the call. Yeah, no, man. It's, it's not a thing. No. <laughs> is that no. the name of the song? Back in the call? No. Oh, it's by been... Demons Be Driven. I'm thinking, can't you, would you heed the call? Beckon? But you can't beckon? No, I guess beckon's a verb. Right? I just think it sounds stupid the way you're saying it. Okay. Oh, you probably- should, da- David, you should totally spend like all of tomorrow like looking through all of the lyrics. No. No, I shouldn't. I should spend you're, tomorrow you're, fixing my door and doing some, doing some other stuff. You'll, you'll find it won't be Keats or anything, but you'll find or Yates, but you'll find some interest. No, but uh, so David, like getting getting through this, uh, somehow you missed this. You weren't even listening to this, and like, I didn't listen 90s. to a lot of music during college. I gotta admit, I went to a lot of shows, but I didn't listen to a lot of music. So you feel like you missed out on something? No. <laughs> no, obviously not. <laughs> no, I mean, I I don't know if I would put this on, but, you know, I don't know. Is it better know. or worse than you thought, Dave? It's better than I thought it was going to be. I thought I thought it might be. Yeah, you yeah, haven't yeah. sighed once. No, I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's parts of it that are good. I mean, it, I, I can imagine, like, if I were in the scene with these guys like let's say before they got signed or something like that they uh, pull oh, oh back in the magic metal days no 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 like if these if this was a band in the scene that say i was playing in high school or in college you know what i mean they pull a lot of like kind of compositional techniques and things from other sources and they use them really well you know what i mean and it's like we'd be watching this band and be like oh yeah they did this they did that you know they pulled this from like hardcore dudes who kind of do it but it's sloppy and they pull this from metal dude you know it's like they pull together a lot of influences really well um and obviously they're tight i don't know if they were this tight live but you know oh, they were very tight live they were really yeah i saw them once i think it was reinventing the steel tour and yeah. uh they were very good live Vinny paul's drums are incredible live yeah Oh, there's going to be a weekend medal on the way where Colin tells us what the reunion's like. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, Although, yeah. you know, looking that they're playing mostly festivals abroad, I do wonder what they're going to play here. I think they're going to make make a tour happen here. You I think? Say. Oh, sure. 
I don't. Know. I don't think how. I don't think how they could not. Yeah, maybe. All right. So we, we move we move into uh, the album closer Hollow, which is a kind of uh, a little sort of uh, slow down. It's a little more ballady. There's definitely a little more emphasis on like guitar melodies and not so much riffs. And so it's chilling uh, you out. The recovery period. This where you is drag your ass back out to the car. This like, is super like Metallica instrumental influence. It very much is. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, but again, it's like except for these. So we're gonna like this is this Baby. is how you get to the cooldown. Yeah. Again, like you 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 shuttle back to like the previous record. You'll see like. These dudes had like a lot of influences that they were trying to just sort, and you go back even further, not even to like metal animal, whatever, whatever that that, that metal madness, metal, what are they metal magic, metal magic. Oh my gosh! And it's like, you know, even on this <laughs> record, it's like credited to like Diamond Daryl and Rex with like three X's or something and like they're, they're, they're still in like transition there's like it's like a chrysalis phase where they're just like we really don't know who we are but they, they kind of they kind of figure it out and this this is like a really under listened to song I think because like again you do a Pepsi Coke challenge with folks like this is what, who, what band is this like I don't know. I don't know. I pulled this stuff with with my band in high school, and the singer called it my Jim Croce parts. <laughs> Jim Croce, that's, that's a good one, though. He'd be like, "Let's do that song. It starts with the Jim Croce stuff." I don't know. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no to seeing this reunion. I think I think they may fall into a a bit of a uh, an area like Motley Crue to where there's probably three or four songs that I love from a handful of Pantera records. And you take those three or four songs from four records or whatever, and then you've got a set list. Like, yeah, but you know, I think that's, that's the, that's the fortunate. As long as you don't pull a cheap trick and just play all the deep cuts. (laughs) If they're on like uh, something like not best, if not best continues on, they're hopefully not going to, and they're probably going to fucking headline. <laughs> I would, I, I would just, what, I would just imagine that they were going to be like somewhere like lower on the bill and on those like, South America minutes that you sent us, they are not like on one on one of those days they have two stages and they're playing under Judas Priest, which, which, which like, honestly I think is probably a mistake. Yeah, yeah, because Pantera will be better. They well, just no, will they, be. They, like I mean, dude, just. Benante, if we're talking about the sort of dynamic that Vinny and Dime had, Charlie Benante and Zach Wild will fucking blow away the current Judas Priest. For sure, but like, but if you had your choice, if you could go this way to listen to like 90 minutes of like Pantera or go 90 minutes that way and listen to like Judas Priest, I think people are going I, to Judas I, Priest for the first three songs, and then they're spending the rest of the time with the Pantera. I, I would probably go Pantera. <laughs> Just having seen Judas Priest in the past few years, oh, well, it was okay. not that yeah. impressive. Well, that's like, and again, that, that's that's the novelty of this this sort of uh, 
it's not a reunion tour it's not a tribute tour it's the it's a cash grab we all know what this is it's just sort of like hey you know how how can we like make some money and again i guess they've been talking about this for a while and they should totally do it why the fuck not it's like yeah if you don't do it now you're gonna do it in 10 years that's the thing. It's like it's like to call years? to call like a reunion a cash grab. It's like it, it, the first tour they ever played was a cash grab. It's all a cash grab. <laughs> yeah, very but true. like, but they could they could do the very metal thing of like respect, respect the fact that like Dimebag will not, not be there, uh, Vinnie Paul will not be there. We will there will be no holograms of either of them. Because if they were there in hologram form, that would be really fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, the thing is this, though, in addition to all that other stuff, it's like we don't know if this was kind of already agreed. You know, Metallica is is one of the bands, and, and Kiss is like this as well. Like, they've been running their band as a business for yes. most of their existence now, right? They've got percentages, they've got votes on decisions and crap like that. I guarantee you. Well, there's only two votes, I guess. Right, but I mean, they, I guarantee you they've got somewhere in writing what happens when the band isn't around anymore. You know what I mean? Like, who's allowed to do what and why and how? And yeah. listen, James Hetfield's going to die someday. And Shut that, the fuck and, up, David. And that, and that band has a plan <laughs> for what they're going to do. Like, they're either are they going to break up? Are they going to be able to keep playing? Because they don't want to turn out like Rat and Stephen Piercy's Rat. Like, they don't want to turn out like these bands like arguing over who gets to keep playing the songs. Jack Russell's yeah. Great White. Jack Russell's Great White. Like that's like Bush League stuff. You know what I mean? Like just work it out. Well, again, like and and all of this stuff has like only like recently emerged. Like, and again, not recently, but like certainly like post like the first like uh, Rock Lahoma and stuff. People were like really fucking scrambling to figure out like shit can we monetize so like our sort of like b-list e-list d-list sort of like rock status it's like you know like what one of my favorite (laughs) bands from like the early 80s uh was like viper and viper was like a nowhere band oh david remembers viper no no (laughs) i just assume they're living in your shed (laughs) viper Come out and play dealer again for David. Wow. They're not going to do that. Yeah, also, Alexa is starting to glow. So, like, let's not get her excited. Yeah. But, like, you know, but 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 again, like, uh, there was, like, a really great article about the first, uh, you know, Rocklahoma show. And it's, like, all these bands, like, gross, out of shape. They're just, like, they're just, like, coming out of their cargo containers going, like, what? We could still do metal again? Dude, we all and, thought we'd be dead by now. Right, and, yeah. And and, and and for for a lot of good reasons. Dude, I was voted most likely to die by 21. You know what that uh-huh. did for student debt in like 1994? <laughs> I don't know. That, that, that makes your APR like really high, maybe. Yeah, you should have just strung it along until this week. Biden got you. <laughs> You're good. There you go. See, all you got to just wait for like... Right. I'll never break. I'll wait. never break that hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars threshold. So, let's uh, let's wrap this up, shall we? We uh, we don't want to become the Pantera podcast by uh, overstaying our welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
Wait, thank did, you did again two, for did, joining us. Did two us. members die? Uh, not yet. Not I yet. mean, it's, not yet, anyway. you know, it's early. Uh, <laughs> thank you again for listening to our fine podcast. We hope you enjoyed our trip back through vulgar display of power on its 30th anniversary. Follow us on Instagram at Metal Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at M-A-M-H Pod. And join us on Facebook uh, where you can join polls. You can post funny pictures. and pictures. Uh, yeah, ask us questions. Thank you again. <laughs> Please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. We'll talk to you next week. 